Hi, my name is Eliahi Misbach, and I am a senior consultant at the Open Data Institute. In this podcast, which I hope is the first of many, we're going to hear from people who are involved with three of the most exciting data collaborations in the world. They are Marissa Merdowski from Buenos Aires City Statistic Bureau, who's working with the Open Data Charter to develop a caring indicator system for the city. Claire Ramden, co-founder of Rees, who's developing Reuse ID, an open data standard based in the UK. Dr. Gao Fung, the co-founder of Open Data China, who's leading on the FinTech Innovation Data Collaboration designed to unlock financial data value for SMEs. Marissa, Claire and Fung have agreed to discuss their experiences of the Peer Learning Network, a new initiative set up by the ODI in partnership with Microsoft. The aim of the Peer Learning Network is to provide data collaborations, working on significant societal challenges with the opportunity to share and learn from each other. And of course, to have access to guidance and expertise from Microsoft and the ODI. So, did the Peer Learning Network work for our participants? Did it deliver what they were expecting? Claire Rampton from Vries in the UK, you were one of the six data collaborations that were selected by Microsoft and the ODI to participate in the Peer Learning Network between November 2020 and March 2021. Could you tell us about Reuse ID and where you were up to with the project when you applied? And then why you wanted to be involved in the peer learning network? Absolutely. So it's a pleasure to be here, Ilya. I'm co-founder of Reef. We're a circular economy software company and we power reuse and remanufacturing systems. We also authored the uh, first global open data standard for reusable packaging called Reuse ID, which you mentioned. And we joined the Peer Learning Network along with our partner, Zero Waste Scotland, which is a, um, an NGO in Scotland focused on reuse and uh, circular economy policy. And we, our focus was really to explore how reuse data could be used in policy making, because when we joined the network, we had standardized uh, we identified the data fields that needed to be captured from all the different stakeholders in their reusable packaging field. We worked with the ODI previously, actually, to do an ecosystem mapping exercise, which is how we'd identified all the different stakeholders we needed to speak to. And we got to the point that we'd standardized it as a schema, but we really wanted to understand how it could then be adopted and be valuable to particularly policymaking stakeholders um, in our network. And so the opportunity to work with Zero Waste Scotland to discuss that and develop that and explore that in more detail, along with having access to these phenomenal groups from other countries who'd been through similar experiences with their open data standards, obviously in completely different areas. It was really something that was the reason that we wanted to apply to the to the network and the program. And it very much delivered in that regard. Um, we were able to have access to these incredible learning experiences and people actually had fully developed documents that they were able to share with us about how they manage the governance for their uh, data standards, for example. So we felt like we just got a peek into what 
our data standard could look like in one year, two years, three years in terms of governance and adoption and um, got a really good idea of what we needed to do to get it there. Marissa, who's joining us from Buenos Aires, the caring indicator system is a very different proposition to reuse ID. Please summarize the purpose of the caring indicator system and why you wanted to join the Microsoft ODI peer learning network. Good morning, Elia, and thank you very much for, for the invitation. For us, the purpose of the, of the care indicator system was to show with data how care is organized in the city of Buenos Aires and use that data first for policy making, as I work at the Statistics Bureau, and we are all the time connected with policymakers, and secondly, to inform public debate. We joined the, the peer learning network, I think, for three main reasons. First, because we are always eager to innovate in Buenos Aires city government. And this was a great opportunity as we had the chance to learn not only from international experts, but also from other groups. Second, because uh, framing our policy into an international cooperation scheme was an opportunity for accessing to more information within the government. Being part of an international coalition gave us prestigious and many of our colleagues, we wanted also to be part of this project. And thirdly, because external funding is always very welcome in, in governments because public budget is always limited. So the international cooperation gave us the opportunity to work with another international experts providers as we did. We hired a consultant from Spain who guided us on the conceptual framework for this system. A system, an indicator system is not a collection of data. It has to be organized, well thought, and have the ability to tell stories. And this is what we did with the support of this expert. Fung in Shanghai, who's very patiently waiting to talk. Please summarize what the FinTech Innovation Data Collaboration is about, and then explain your motivation for getting involved in the peer learning network. Thanks, Elia. Um, at the FinTech Data Innovation, uh, the idea is simple, that we want to explore whether it's possible to maximize the value of the data held by the uh, FinTech uh, finance institutions while it is possible to allow as much as possible SMEs to get benefit from it. The idea is simple, but uh, when talking about how to implement it, it's really hard because it's not only a technical problem, but also a problem of how to design the right mechanism and the process, which I think unfortunately is that in China that we can't really find uh, good examples or uh, materials to learn from. And this is why we want to uh, join this peer network, because we know that ODR and Microsoft, they have this kind of knowledge, experience, and uh, good teams to help. But also, the network brings together a lot of different kind of data collaborations, which we can also uh, learn from. So that's the reason we want to join. I know Fung sometimes feels it a little lonely doing what he does in China. How about you, Marisa, in Argentina? Does that resonate with you? This idea of feeling alone in this sphere of work? 
I wouldn't say that we were feeling alone, but uh, sometimes to share data is difficult. People believe that data belongs to them, that they own the data, and, and that if they do not control what is going to happen with that data, it's going to be a problem for them. And uh, what we learned in, in the peer learning network, that this was a problem across all projects, across all countries, across all organizations, independently of the sector that they, working, uh, they were working in. So um, we were not feeling alone, but uh, it was difficult. It has been difficult to make good partnerships in order to, to build this system. With the project, we were able to do um, the map, the stakeholder map, which was really a great input for, for our project. Based on that uh, map, we conducted a series of workshops with um, non-governmental organizations, either coming from the private sector or from the civil society. And with them, we were able to discuss our first sets of indicators and improve them a lot because we were not considering many aspects related to care that these organizations pointed out uh, to us. And by organizing these uh, workshops, we were also able to invite our colleagues from other agencies inside the government, and they were also uh, feeling very um, excited about our project and thanks to that uh, conversation spaces and, and, and working spaces, uh, we convinced them about sharing the data with us. So in the end, we were not so uh, lonely, we were not so uh, alone, uh, but we needed to build this trust space. And, and, and we did it thanks to, to, the, to the project. Yes, I think you and Claire are big fans of each other's projects. Claire at Reuse ID. Tell me why this was. We had a really good conversation with Marissa and the team when we did the um, peer-to-peer session. And we found out that they had loads of relevant experience for us around governance of open data standards. That was something that we were exploring. And actually, it was that conversation that really defined the rest of the journey that we had on the peer learning network because we it made us realize just how much we had to consider around governance and we hadn't done a huge amount of work thinking about what that would look like for reuse id and so we then spent the rest of the of peer learning network diving into that in much more detail getting more perspectives also getting just some really practical helpful advice from people like marissa and we were really grateful for that because it meant that we we were able to understand how governance could take our standard to the next level of adoption and give it a lot more both robustness and also um, sponsorship when it came to getting it adopted by multiple companies. And I'm pleased to say that post PLN, we're um, in a position now where we're having discussions with some really, really influential stakeholders who would be, um, who were the ideal partners that we had uh, sketched out when we were on the PLN who would be on our governance board. So it's really pleasing to see that work coming to fruition. I want to pick up on some of the expertise you had access to as part of the Microsoft ODI peer learning network, the workshops and the tools. So Fung, aside from comradeship and networking, what was the biggest takeaway for FinTech innovation data collaboration? 
So I think uh, the most important thing uh, from the uh, peer learning network that we learned from is the ecosystem mapping tool that uh, is quite useful for us to really rethink about what we should do and who we should engage in the process of designing the right mechanism for the data collaboration. So we use this to, uh, I think, two or three times during our uh, meetings uh, for the past several months. We use it to uh, revise our design of the structure and involve, for instance, the citizens now uh, in the process of designing whether the data should be available to certain SMEs while protecting not only the finance institution's own interest, but also citizens' interest, as this is something newly regulated and governed by the new, um, uh, new law on the personal information protection. So I think this uh, uh, data ecosystem mapping tool is the most important and interesting tool that we learn from the peer learning network. How about you, Marissa? The Caring Indicator project in Buenos Aires maybe didn't feel everything was relevant for you right now, but there's a lot that may be useful in the future. Yes, absolutely. I think that this has to do with the different sources of information that we were using for building our care indicator system. In order to start with the project, and given that this is a government-led project, we used mainly uh, information that was owned by us either uh, official statistics resulting from different surveys, either the household survey, the labor survey, the time use survey, or demographic projections. And also we use administrative records that are also owned by the government, by different ministries or agencies within the government. So some of the tools that uh, we were learning at the, at the PLN were not so um, significant at this stage, but in the future, we are planning to get more collaborations from non-governmental sources, either from private uh, um, companies or, or even unions, or from organizations from the civil society. And when this moment uh, arrives, some of the techniques and tools that we learn, we will, they will be very useful for us. Right now, to give you an example, we are in conversation with a network of um, organizations that deal with people with disabilities. And they have collected a lot of information and we are uh, partnering with them in order to receive that information and organize it in a form of, um, of, of indicators to see how uh, families and how um, organizations from the, from the civil society care for disabled people, how much time they invest, how professionalized is that uh, care, and who is providing that care. Because something that I didn't mention before, here we have um, two interesting stories to tell about how care is organized in the city. We have a gender perspective on this because most of the care is provided by women. And the other aspect uh, of this organization has to do with income inequality. It is not the same care that uh, people who can afford it uh, receive it, and those people who aren't able to, to pay for the care 
and, uh, and at the same time have not access to the care provided by the government received. So we, are, we need to look at this information in order to see how we can design better policies in order to make care more equal in the city. You've all learned so much from each other, but there are enormous cultural differences between countries when it comes to data. So here's a fun question to finish with. If you could set up a data collaboration anywhere in the world, where would you choose to be and why? Or does this even matter? Fung first. You've got only a minute for this. I will just, uh, I will still choose to implement it in China as uh, I think it's, even though it's really hard to, to do it in China as uh, most people don't really understand open data and uh, the necessity to have this kind of data collaboration. But when we can achieve it in China, I believe that we can move it around to anywhere else on the earth. So yes, challenge, but fun. Then Marisa? Okay, I don't think that it, it matters, but uh, what I saw based on our experience is that uh, having colleagues from the UK was very useful given the long tradition that that country has in publishing, sharing, and reusing data. Their contributions, uh, based on what they were doing in former experiences on, on, on what, was going, what is going on in that country, was, uh, was really important. But at the same time, I believe that having people from, from countries like Argentina or, or, or India with less institutionalized um, traditions on sharing and, and publishing data is also useful to think more creatively. You know, we always find a way in order to get access to the data and to make the best use of that. So. In the end, I think that um, that a mixed is always much more productive than having a, a uniformed group of people who are working on the same issues and with the same sort of background. And Claire? So as Marissa mentioned, I feel very fortunate to be based in the UK in terms of the support that's available around open data and the number of examples. So open banking, for example, really paved the way in terms of uh, businesses' understanding of what open data can do. However, if I'm thinking about reuse ID, I could see huge value in being located on mainland Europe, so a country like France, for example, where they're really pushing forward uh, legislation that's going to fundamentally change the way that packaging is valued in the system. And so I think it could be very valuable to be based there. We are going to have to end it there. Thank you to all guests who joined from three different time zones to talk about the experiences of the first peer learning network. In Shanghai, Dr. Gao Fung from FinTech Innovation Data Collaboration. In Buenos Aires, Marissa Miodowski from Caring Indicator System. I'm from the UK, Claire Rampen, Reuse ID. And I am Elia Hemesbach the ODIs project lead on the Peer Learning Network. To learn more about the ODIs partnership with Microsoft, visit the ODI website at theodi.org. Goodbye.